Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. All right, good morning, Colorado. Welcome to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on FM 104.3, The Fan. But that was all lies and propaganda. There is no Terry Wickstrom anywhere near here this studio this morning. No, you're what? stuck with me, Chad Lachance. And uh, we're filling in this morning. Terry's away and traveling, and we wish him safe travels. We have got a beautiful late summer morning, almost feeling like fall outside, which seems appropriate because we've got a little bit of a mixed bag in the show today. I'm going to talk a lot of fishing stuff. It is, after all, late summer in Colorado. That's a prime time to do a bunch of fishing. We're in the summer peak of that. Uh, so plenty of fishing to be done today, and we're looking forward to, uh, to talking about some of that. But we've also got a little bit of hunting stuff we're going to talk about, particularly in the second half of the show. And uh, we'll see how that goes as well. But, you know, we've been on the water a whole bunch. Myself as a host of Fishful Thinker, we've been traveling around and, and uh, doing some film and doing some fishing. It's been really good. And uh, we've had a good friend of ours, a fellow fishing guide of mine from from, uh, from Fishful Thinker, we run a guide service on Horsetooth Reservoir, Carter, and Boyd Lake, uh, Colorado local lakes. And uh, this time of year, we spend a lot of time fishing with our electronics. And it's also the time of year that we spend a bunch of time looking at new products for next year, the consumer show seasons in full swing or trade show season, I should say. And we spend a lot of time looking at what we might be fishing with next year or in fall and new tackle. So to that end, we, uh, we just got back from Florida and the International Conference of Allies sport fishing trades the iCast show this year i believe was the 60th annual or 59th annual show big giant deal 645 manufacturers from around the world were there showing off their new wares and i was joined on that trip by mr dan swanson who's also joining me on the phone good morning dan morning chad how are you this morning mr dan I'm doing just fine. How are you? Well, pretty good. Here, had a smooth drive down, looking out the window. It's looking like a topwater kind of morning to me. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I know it. It looks beautiful out. Well, it sure does. you got some heavy overcast, mid-60s, a fantastic day to be outside in Colorado, not too hot, not too cold, just right. Now, uh, we just got back from Central Florida, Orlando, Florida, and it was, in fact, too hot. (laughs) Uh, Very, very warm there. But uh, one of the things about that trip that you and I were were taken back by is the industry itself is feeling pretty hot right now. We were both in agreement on that trip that there was a lot going on at ICAST. We've both been there several times uh, i've been there the last 10 in a row and there was a certain energy in the room this year that uh, seemed to be more ambitious in the fishing tackle industry than in the last few years would you agree with that yeah there was a lot of people there and there was a lot of new products the new product showcase was just chock full of so many things that made it hard to vote on some of them well yeah absolutely and, and for people that aren't familiar with with icast it's where all the manufacturers from around the world bring all of their tackle uh to display it to the public for uh the first time or not to the public but to the industry and uh, so everybody that buys tackles all the sportsman's warehouses and all the mom and pops places from around the country are all there uh, of course there's uh, i think i heard 1100 registered members of the media there you and i count for two of those and uh and pretty much everybody's in the same room. So if you've ever heard of it, seen it, or smelled it, had anything to do with sport fishing, it's in that room at that time. Uh, 280 new lures alone in the new product showcase this year. That's incredible. Yes, it was. And some of them were very unique. 
Uh, yeah, we made jokes at the time that there was uh, looked like somebody took about six different lures, gave them to a nine-year-old, and said, "Put these together and make one good one." And uh, and there were some some definite conglomerates there, but there was also some really nifty stuff: some line cutting tools, some some uh, new rods, kind of a unique rod. We're going to talk later on to Dan Johnson from Saint Croix Rods. He's a he's a rod blank uh, tester and designer and uh, a top shelf guy. We, you and I spent some time casting that that uh, legend glass spinning rod that's designed for throwing crankbaits specifically kind of unique product there what'd you think of that thing i love that rod in fact i have one on order yeah <laughs> wait you beat me to the punch on that one dan i don't even have one on order yet <laughs> well it's on order but i don't know when i'll get it <laughs> <laughs> well i know they're already back ordered it goes to show you of course st Croix rod won the best freshwater rod category with that rod kind of a neat thing is there anything as far as i cast that that jumped out at you um that was just like, wow, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a unique play on stuff or something really different, a trend that, that jumped out at you in, at all. You know, the thing that, that uh, was really interesting to me, and I keep forgetting about it, you know, when we talk about this stuff, is that, is that line threader tool um, that, that Kelly Jordan showed us when we were there. Um, it's a, you attach your line to it and thread it up through your guides, and it pulls the line all the way through it. And I can easily see a person like me that, I, you know, I rig rods, Every day at after the end of uh, at the end of fishing, how quickly that would save me some time. And then I also think about the fly fishermen out there who want to want to thread a line quickly and easily every time they get to the stream. And that thing was a great looking tool. You know, I thought so too. And uh, my first when he first mentioned what it was, I was like, I don't know. And then after watching him run line through a through a seven and a half foot long micro guided rod in like four seconds, I'm like, oh, now wait a minute, time out. And you know, fly guys, of course, disassemble their their rods every time or for the most part and have to string them every time. So yeah, I thought that was a unique little thing. There's a couple of gadgets like that 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 I thought were neat. That little line cutters ring that the that the line cutters guy had uh little stick down cutters you know cutting 260 pounds of braid with zero pressure uh i thought that was pretty neat the gerber the gerber plier or excuse me the gerber scissors that snipped off real quick uh also another neat thing one one other quick thing and i cast before we move on the international fly tackle dealers association is also there as part of it so all the fly fishermen are there as well and um and that was a relatively small show this year it seemed like it had shrunk significantly from from last year, but I think it's because everybody's looking ahead to Denver. That show's going to move to Denver for next year, and it just felt like that everyone kind of took a year off in the fly business. Did you vibe on that? Yeah, I vibe on that also, and I, I think the move to Denver is going to be a great one for the industry. You know, especially in this market. Yeah, no question. I just got back from the, from the um, the outdoor retailer show here in Denver as well, and same thing. Moving that to Denver, we're kind of the central focal point of all that kind of stuff, and uh, pretty neat. So I think uh, Denver's in for something next year with the Fly Tackle Dealers Association, but relatively quiet in Orlando. But let's move on, Dan. Let's move on. You and I spent some time in the boat yesterday, and what for folks that aren't familiar with Dan Swanson, he's one of the leaders in the entire country on the use of sonar and GPS in your boat. Uh, uh, retired electrical engineer, really smart guy. Dan, I don't mean to talk about you, but smart guy. Uh, right now, we've got about three or four minutes. Um, this is the time of year we're really, really focusing on our electronics. Um, what are some of the key things that you think a guy really needs to pay attention to? You know, we always talk about find the bait, find the fish. But what are a couple of key things that, that a guy with a sonar and GPS in his boat really needs to keep in mind to make sure that he's being effective and not just tooling around looking at a screen? Well, I think learning how to run the screen is the most important thing and knowing what you're looking at. So spend some time learning how to use that, that sonar. 
um, being be able to identify what's bait fish, what's cover, what's a rock, you know, what's a what's a fish laying on the bottom or suspended, and then once you figured that all all out, uh, figure out how to how to catch them. Um, we've got a lot of experience on horse tooth reservoir, and we know you know we know what what smallmouth look like suspended in, in the quarter column. And I was able to use that information on Lake Oahe uh, a couple of weeks ago. So. Lake, oh, wait, now, wait, wait, back up. Lake Oahe. Lake Oahe Lake is Oahe. in what? Uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, South yep. Dakota, yep. or both. And uh, and it's a giant lake, enormous lake. The BSS Elite Series went there and fished, and you went up there to watch. And uh, and, and Marshall, with another friend of ours from Wyoming, you guys put your boat in the water and ran around. You went and basically competed against the elites, for lack of a better way to put it. Of course, staying out of the way like a good like a good fan and you caught more fish you guys caught more fish in one day weight wise than the leaders of the tournament yep that's right and 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 it all comes down to understanding your electronics understanding the behaviors of the the fish because oahe fishes a lot like horse tooth it's a smelt based impoundment it also has a lot of shad in it so it's identical to horse tooth uh that makes sense now what does that mean to someone for the joe average out there when you say it's a smelt based impoundment means the smelt is the primary bait fish what that really means to a lot of people is that that those things roam a lot they move the main basin constantly they stay down low in the water column in the daylight and high in the water column and wherever they contact structure is where you're going to catch them and that's what you're referring to Exactly. That's what, and that's the pattern we were fishing. So driving around, looking at as suspended bait fish, knowing, and, and I know what smelt look like on my graph. They they tend to be a uh, a long, thick line of fish, where the shad are more like balls of fish that you see on the on your sonar. And then if the smelt the the smallmouth have a certain characteristic that it's hard to describe, but you can kind of tell what they are. And all you do is look for places where the bait and the smallmouth ran into a piece of structure and then just sit on top of them with a drop shot or cast around it with a drop shot. Yeah, I think that's exactly what you and I were doing yesterday is where the bait fish yep. come up against the structure. You see the smallmouth there. Now, the smallmouth will relate to the bait in the open water, and uh, you can catch them out there, but it's a lot harder because of the depth control issue. If you wait to where the bait and the fish contact the structure, now you have something to work with as an angler to get them done. So important that, that folks on their graph are paying attention to that, uh, their depth range, their sensitivity, um, you you know, making adjustments accordingly, but but more importantly, quickly here, you just have to spend some time on the lake and learn how to use your stuff while you're not fishing. Learn to, to look at, maybe go to Google Earth and see what stuff actually looks like when the water's down. That's one of the beauty of a reservoir. Uh, look at what it looks like when the water's down, and then look at it on your graph when the water's up. Um, great deal there. And we offer sonar classes, right, Dan? Uh, if folks want to go on a sonar class, we can put them in the boat. Yes, we do, and we will be getting one scheduled here shortly. Yep, that's right. So, and with that, guys, uh, Dan Swanson, that time went by in a hurry, as it always does when you and I get in a discussion. But I appreciate you taking the time to call in. Are you going to fish today? Uh, probably not today, but I think I'll be there Monday. All right. Well, maybe we'll see you at the Fullman Open uh, launch this afternoon. It should be good fun. So, guys, that's Dan Swanson. It's Dan at FishfulThinker.com. If you want to book a guided trip with him uh, or book a sonar class with us, we'd appreciate that. And uh, otherwise, thanks a bunch for calling in, Dan, this morning. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, always a pleasure. We love having Dano on the show. And uh, up next is another one of my favorite guys. We're going to be joined here momentarily by Brandon White. He's the assistant hatchery chief for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. He's a hardcore bass fisherman, a very hardcore bass fisherman, and he happens to be second in command in the hatchery system. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clef here to tell you about SCL Mortgage Special Circumstance Lending, locally owned and operated. And if you're self-employed or 
work on commission, this is the place for you. Bank statement loans are back. You don't need tax returns to do your loan. In some cases, the bank statement loans can be done with credit scores in the low 600s. MySpecialMortgage.com on the web, 303-790-2222. The phone number, SCL Mortgage, licensed by the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, number 1200716. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. All right, welcome back to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on FM 104.3 The Fan. I'm Chad Lachance, and filling in for Terry Wickstrom, he's away and traveling. Not even sure where Terry is this morning, but uh, knowing Terry, I'm sure it's somewhere fun, and he's having a good time, so that's a good sign. So I always appreciate the opportunity to fill in here. And uh, and speaking of opportunities, I've got a guy that wants to make sure that you have all the opportunity in the world to catch some kind of crazy fish on your outings every time you hit the water in Colorado. And so we're going to go right back to the phones and we're going to be joined by mr brandon white the assistant hatchery chief for the state of colorado colorado parks and wildlife good morning brandon how you doing chad well i'm doing real good and uh first off i want to say thank you for everything that you do for the state of colorado because uh you and i have spent some time in the boat in the past we've uh, we've talked at length um basically almost every body of water in the state of colorado leans on the stocking program to stay fertile because as you and i have discussed uh it's very difficult for almost any of our fisheries <laughs> to stay ahead of uh of either uh the pressure or the moving water levels up and down and things like that, and we require constant stocking to keep up with our fisheries. Is that a fair statement? Very fair. You know, we we have a very extensive uh, hatchery system uh, in Colorado. Uh, We have 19 hatcheries in stock, a little over 90 million fish uh, statewide per year in the state. Well, I caught 20 of them yesterday, so I just want to point that out there. Of those 90 million, I did pretty good. Now, I think a lot of people immediately think of the trout program because we are, quote-unquote, a trout state. We are the highest average elevation of anywhere in the country, Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Lots of trout here. We probably don't even need to talk a lot about that. People realize we have catchables, sub-catchables, you know, the 10-inch trout. We put them all over. People go catch them. They're kind of our bluegills. They're our, our gateway drug to the fishing world here in Colorado. But there's a lot more to it than I think a lot of people realize when it comes to the other species. Some folks might be familiar with walleyes. I think, what, what was the number? How many did we do walleyes last year? Something like 84 million. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, you know, we took in about that, um, half that many. We actually stocked out uh, a little over 46 million walleye last year and a little over 18 million salgai. Yeah, that's a lot of fish for sure. And those are probably the two headliners for the state, right? The trout and the walleyes. But something that's really close to you and I both, uh, and it's kind of a new trend here in Colorado, which I'm happy to see, uh, and that is the stocking of largemouth largemouth bass around the state in various warm water fisheries. Um, It is by far the most popular fish nationwide by a large margin. It's not even close. And it's no secret that a lot of people are moving to Colorado from out of state. And those people are not moving from trout states. Those people are moving from Texas and California and, and southern states and the Midwest, and they're all bass fishermen, and they're moving here. Uh, and so Colorado Parks and Wildlife has recognized the need for that. Also, to replace some of the smallmouth bass that are under federal mandate to be removed from the Colorado River and the Yampa River system uh, as part of the, the Endangered Species Recovery Act of 1974. And we won't go into all those details, but bottom line, how are we producing hatchery, or, or how are we producing largemouth in our hatchery, and, and how are we trying to better that system so you know we 
state of Colorado, we've had a you know a largemouth program for a long time, and and uh, and we we produced them for a long time. But you know, we like you said, there's a lot of people moving to Colorado. There's a big demand, and a lot of people are are seeing our warm water opportunities. And um, so you know, we've we've changed some stuff around as far as our spawning techniques, um, and you know, we're getting a lot uh, a lot better. Uh, production on largemouth and you know in turn that allows us to stock a lot more um last year we produced about four, a little over four hundred thousand uh largemouth to stock and this year with some advances that we're doing um at our los animus facility in the southeast part of the state we uh stocked out a little over 2.2 million largemouth this year in the state that makes me very happy as an angler uh and i think you as well Oh yeah, and, and the, Gotta be- love the largemouth. Yeah, and the beauty of a largemouth bass and why that's important to the state is those are commonly uh, put in places uh, where folks can catch them easily. All the neighborhood ponds, the St. Vrains, and the the gravel quarries, and the Pella crossings, and the you know the, the all the various ones, the the Valco ponds, and all the different ponds around the state all have bass in them, and those are really accessible to kids. They're really accessible to all of us that live in town. Uh, very important fisheries. From that regard, it gives people a chance to go out and catch some fish all over the place without necessarily going into the hills uh, and, and maybe going on a road trip. The other thing is, yes, trout are stocked in places like Chatfield and Horsetooth and all that up and down the state. But in the midsummer, they're hard to catch. They're not. They don't run the banks, but guys can go out and catch bass, and that's an important thing. It is, you know, and like you said, you know, I'd like to, you know, reinstate that. You know, we we stock these fish. You know, on the West Slope, we stock them all up and down the, the front range. Um, and it does provide such a great urban uh, fishery. You know, they they go in every local little pond and, you know, they're a warm water fish. So even as the temperatures in the, <clears throat> the summer, you know, get up there, you know, they're still accessible. And, um, you know, it provides a great opportunity for kids and, you know, in, the, in Denver and Fort Collins and Colorado Springs. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, and people moving here can catch them. They're also a, a kind of a play nice fish. They they don't tend to overpopulate anywhere. Um, they they just tend to, to get dirt. They're durable. They can survive high water, low water, weird weather. They just seem like they're a very durable fish all the way around, which makes them ideal for, for stocking all over the place. But you also stock at Colorado Parks and Wildlife, besides the largemouth, um, it would be bluegills, red ears. What other fish like that do we stock? So, like I said, we do bluegill and red ear sunfish. Um, we also we have a, a big uh, channel cat um, production uh, line in in, in the system. Um, but we also do tiger muskie, which are obviously a great sport fish, but also are used as a management tool for our biologists. Um, we do a lot of uh, black crappie along the front range and also on the west slope. Um, what else do we do? We do uh, wiper and striper um, for the front range. Um, so we, you know, we've got three warm water facilities that we, we, uh, raise all these fish at. Well, and, and quickly, I, the Colorado Parks and Wildlife has a new passport that's out and it, uh, encourages you to visit all 41 state parks and the, and the fish hatcheries that are open to the public. I believe 17 or 16 of those are open to the public. I personally yep. visited the one up in Ray last year and, uh, man, oh man, was that an eye opening deal. I had no idea the amount of, of work and ingenuity and everything that goes into doing that. Uh, got to check out a bunch of tiger muskies eating each other, uh, which is kind of fun to watch, but, uh, but in general, it's a great deal for folks 
folks to go check some of those out. And, and you can get information on those at parks.state.co.us uh, or cpw.state.co.us, either one. And uh, and you go visit those hatcheries. So, Brandon, I'm going to let you get after this weekend. I know you got big plans to fish a bass tournament, so I will see you at Horse Tooth this afternoon. But I want to appreciate, uh, thank you for everything that you've done. I truly appreciate it. And I think a lot of Colorado anglers do, and they aren't even aware of it. Yep, I appreciate it, Chad. All right, that's Brandon White. That's your assistant hatchery chief and a hardcore bass guy, a smart guy all the way around, and a good friend of mine. And with that, we're going to go right back to the phones because this segment is brought to us by Adventure Camper, and we're going to be joined by Mr. Ray Reeves. Good morning, Ray. Hello, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I'm not fishing, and that's unfortunate, <laughs> but uh, but I'm here and I'm doing good. And uh, man, this is camping weather, Ray. This is for sure camping weather. It's cool. It's beautiful out. Not too hot, not too cold. What's going on at Adventure Camper? Well, we're ready to go camping as well. I wish I was uh, out there with you myself today, but uh, we've still got great availability for camper rentals for the last little bit of summer here. So if you're still trying to figure out a weekend to squeeze in a last-minute camping trip, we can help you out with a camper rental. No problem at all. And give us a quick rundown. Do I need? A, is it, are they big campers, little campers? What do you got? Uh, we carry everything from pop-ups up to travel trailers. Most of our fleet is travel trailers. We've got uh, 17-foot ultralight travel trailers that are easily towable with most V6s. Uh, we've got both a couple's coach in that, and then we've also got a family coach with bunk beds in the 17-foot size. We've got larger 21-foot models for rent as well. And, of course, if you're looking to buy a trailer, uh, this is a good time of year to get a really good deal on a trailer. We've got a, a great new uh, 2018 uh, Sonoma 267. Uh, it's a 27-foot travel trailer with a super slide-out um, room for six to eight people, uh, and that's on special for 22.9. So if you're looking to buy a trailer, there's some good deals here at the end of the season. Well, there you go, guys. I personally rented a trailer uh, similar to what you're talking about one time for dove season and went on a road trip and went dove hunting and uh, had an absolute blast doing that, having your hotel on your back like that. Uh, really nice. You know, park it and, and get after it so it's not just about camping. You might actually use it for something like uh, some of the upcoming hunting or fishing. Uh, really neat deal to do that. If folks want to get more information, where do they get it? Uh, on the website, we're at www.adventurecamper.com. Uh, if you want to come by and visit us today, we're near the intersection of Arapahoe Road and Jordan Road down in southeast Denver. And you can call us for directions at 303 303- There you go, guys. That's Ray Reeves from Adventure Camper. And, Ray, real quick, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but Cheyenne uh, Mountain State Park is up next, and they have a a reservation-only pilot program going on there, so you can get some last-minute camping reservations. Seems like a match made in heaven. There you go. Camping this weekend. (laughs) All right. Well, guys, that's Ray Reeves from Adventure Camper. And with that, we're going to step aside and take a break. This is Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on FM 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. All right, welcome back to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on FM 104.3 The Fan. I'm Chad Lachance filling in for Mr. Wickstrom, who's away and traveling. Not sure where he is, but hopefully he's having him a good time. Speaking of not sure where they are, I am going to be joined back on the phone by Mrs. Jeanette Laura. She's the administrative assistant at Cheyenne Mountain State Park. And and Laura, welcome to uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, but I am not sure where you are. Where's your park? (laughs) Sure, I'm happy to tell you where we are. I think you're not the only one. So uh, Cheyenne Mountain State Park is the southwest of Colorado Springs. We're just minutes from I-25, and we're right across from the Fort Carson military base. 
Gotcha. So you're in a relatively scenic part of the country. And uh, first of all, how's the weather down there this morning? Right now we have sun. Most mornings have been sunny, pretty nice, and then we get those afternoon storms rolling through. Well, I imagine you're the same as most other people. You're always happy to have a little moisture here in Colorado, and uh, and I'm glad to have that myself. And now it's feeling a bit like fall today, uh, at least up here in Denver, and and then certainly up north in Fort Collins, where I'm from. And the first thing I start thinking of is is we're basically a little less than a month away from archery season opening up, and that's a big deal here in Colorado. And you guys over the last couple of years have made some significant investments in uh, in catering to archers, uh, both for sport and hunting. And why don't you take a minute to tell us about that? Sure, absolutely. That's um, exactly why I'm here, just to kind of share this opportunity. Uh, We have a a state-of-the-art archery range, really nice opportunity for um, both just, you know, honing in your bow, you know, getting it sighted, um, 10 to 80-yard targets that are all included with your parks pass. Um, And then on top of that, we have a really nice walking field 3D range um, that really opens up some amazing opportunities on getting ready for that hunting season. And for folks that aren't familiar with this or archers that have only shot standard targets, uh, a walking range, 3D range like you're talking about, is a bit like like golf for archers. Uh, you, you move from target to target. They have different shooting positions, different ranges. Uh, probably, if I'm, and I haven't been there, but I'm guessing you have different styles of targets, deer on some of them, elk on some of them. Is that correct? We do. So at each, it's 27 different stations with really nice um, field targets. And then scattered amongst all those 27 stations are the 3D animals. And we have everything from, you know, deer, turkey, you know, so you can practice what you're actually hunting for. But then we have some fun ones thrown in like alligators. And I think there's a velociraptor out there, you know, just to, just to change it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where the strike zone is on a velociraptor, but I bet I'd have fun trying to hit it. Now, there's there are a couple limitations to this. We ought to throw out there Real quick, if you, you, as you mentioned, the the standard targets, which cover from 10 yards to 80 yards, and some of you out there are going to wonder why would we have 80 yards? Well, because if you practice at 80 yards, then hitting something at 30 is really easy, uh, is a key part there. But those targets are included with your standard parks pass, which is what seven dollars a day or seventy dollars annually. But if folks want to do the walking range, the 27 target walking range, that's an additional fee. Correct. It's $3 per day per individual. Um, We do have an annual version available as well. So it's $30 for the year. Um, That will expire March 31st. So it's kind of dated like your um, hunting and fish or small game and fishing licenses. Um, But, you know, it's a great time if you make the investment $30 to shoot for the rest of the year um, on that, you know, 3D range. Um, it's great to get ready for the hunting season. Yeah, yeah, and there's no better practice. I've done my share of archery hunting over the years. I don't do a lot of it these days because it interferes with fishing season and I fish for a living, but uh, but I have done my share of, of harvesting big game with a bow, and uh, and I know that there is no substitution for practice, and it's also just fun. A walking range is so much more fun than sitting there shooting at, at static targets all the time. I can tell you that, and a lot better practice. A couple other limitations. Uh, is there an age restriction on the walking range? There is not. Um, and actually, if you're, I believe it's 17 and younger, uh, you do not have to pay the $3 fee. So, you know, as long as you're with an, an adult, um, the kids are free to shoot that area. We definitely want to get youth involved. We offer beginner archery classes all summer long. They've been, you know, fully booked. We do require reservations for those beginning archery classes, and they've been greatly popular. And we offer that for all ages as well, not just the kids, but we welcome adults in those classes as well. Well, I know it's a major initiative 
initiative for Colorado Parks and Wildlife for recruitment, getting more kids involved. So that's a good thing. Uh, a couple limitations I'll throw out there real quick because I'm on your website, which, of course, at cpw.state.co.us. Uh, no crossbows. Colorado determines crossbows to, to be a rifle, for lack of a better way to put it, and therefore no crossbows. And I think you told me no broadheads. Is that correct? Correct. No broadheads. <laughs> Well, yeah. that, that's appropriate because it tears up the targets really bad. So that's that uh, we don't we don't want to do that. Uh, so that's a good thing. Now, quickly, you guys have some other stuff besides just archery. Uh, give us a quick rundown on your park. Uh, yeah, we have full service campground. I think you had mentioned that we are a part of the pilot program for reservations right up until the moment, you know, you want to be camping. So if there's an opening, you can book it um, as, a, as opposed to playing the first come, first serve, kind of wait for a site game. Um, if it's open, you can book it. And then we have over 20 miles worth of hiking and biking trails. We do have some open for equestrian users. Um, we do have a section open for, you know, dog walkers. Um, lots of great things going on. We have an adventure day, you know, family fun activity day for the kids that, you know, you know, prizes will be given away. That's August 18th. Um, uh, always great things going on at all your state parks, not just us, but all of them. Well, that's right. And, uh, that's a good point. There's 41 of them out there. 37 of them have fishing, but don't ask me how I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I really think the archery guys need to get out there, uh, as soon as possible. If they haven't already been practicing and I, I've seen some of the other archery facilities built at the other parks. And if this one is anywhere near as cool as some of the others, I, I think folks will be pleasantly surprised. So uh, thanks for taking the time to, to call us here at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yep. And that's Jeanette Lahr from Cheyenne Mountain State Park, a little bit southwest of Colorado Springs. And with that, we're going to step aside, take a quick break. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on FM 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. All right, welcome back to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on FM 104.3 The Fan. I'm Chad Lachance. I'm filling in for Terry Wickstrom, and we are going to stay back on the phones in a hurry because now we're joined by one of my favorite guys in the fishing business, guy that knows more than any human oughta about the actual fishing rod. That's Mr. Dan Johnson from St. Croix Rods in Wisconsin. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Chad. How are you? Well, I'm fantastic, and thanks for hanging out and taking the time to call in with us this morning from Colorado. Now, where are you calling from? Well, I live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Aha. Uh-huh. So you're a long ways from home. So I do appreciate you taking the time uh, for calling in here this morning. And uh, folks aren't aware, but you are basically um, one of the Lindner's cohorts. You test fishing rods. You sell fishing rods as well, but you help design, uh, develop, prototype, whatever you want to call it, fishing rods for St. Croix Rods. And you've been doing that for how long? For 19 years. 19 years. So you know a thing or two about fishing rods. Well, we're, we're, we're blessed. We're surrounded by a lot of great people. I mean, we, there's not one person at St. Croix that defines who we are. We're one big family, and it, that's what makes us special. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, the only way I can do my job is to have amazing people around me at all aspects of, uh, of our facility. Last year was our 70th anniversary, and it's just uh, indicative of um, – family-owned and a lot of integrity and certainly a lot of passion. Um, Family-owned lineage just results in um, 
a pretty neat story. Well, I got to say, um, you know, I know that I've know the owners of the company personally. I'm very lucky to get to do that. I've known them for a long time. I've personally worked with Sinclair Rods for a little over 12 years myself. Um, key thing, at, we were at, just at ICAST, uh, the, which we were talking about earlier in the show, and Sinclair swept all three categories there. They, they won the best freshwater rod, the best saltwater rod, and the best fly rod category. So congratulations on that. But here's the thing that jumped out at me. Not that they won those, because that's going to be old hat. You guys win every year seems like which is fantastic but out there sweating 95 degrees i cast on the water uh there was a whole bunch of people there from all the different companies the only company owners that were there were the owners of st croix all the rest of the companies had their representatives their employees the owners of st croix were standing there in the heat and the sun with everybody else and that says a lot about the company Chad, you hit you hit on such a great point, and I actually called that out to our CEO. I first of all, I thanked him for being there, and it was hot, man. I mean, it was hot, you know. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. I, I called him out. I said, you know, thanks for being here, and said it really means a lot to us. It means a lot for the for the image that we're uh, sending out there. And he he asked me why, and I said, I want I would challenge you to find another chief executive officer and president standing out here all day at this event. And what you're saying is so. Uh, concurrent with our our company philosophy i mean like i said we're so focused on the angler that at all levels whether it's the folks in our facility that bust their butt every day to build the best rods on earth or those of us out in the sales field or the in upper management and so forth i mean everybody's working for a common cause and there's no you know we all we all do the dirty work and we all do the hard work all towards one common goal not doesn't surprise me to see uh our owners standing there down the water. Now, it, it surprised me a little bit, I got to admit, because it was exceptionally hot. And, uh, and and I know the guys, and I know they work hard, but I was still all of them out there together. It was very impressive. So let's talk about fishing rods specifically. Um, you know, just for the record, set the straight with people, you bass fish, you trout fish, you fly fish, you all of the above. You're a world-class caster all the way around. I'm not trying to toot your horn, just more of a credibility thing, but I've seen you cast any sort of a rod. It doesn't matter if you're skipping a jig or, or, or winging a a 90 footer with a five weight uh you can do all of the above somehow some way somebody at st croix has to come up with the ideas you keep winning awards st croix keeps winning awards for best new this best new that who is coming up or how does how does the process start where does the need develop for a new rod you know um we our we identified an exist tagline a couple years ago and that that tagline specifically is we exist to provide every angler the upper hand and you'll see that in our booth you'll see it through our marketing vehicles both digital and social and print and everything but what that means chad to answer your question we're so angler centric we're so focused on the angler that we get a lot of ideas from the field and we're we're really a conduit from the needs and desires of the market to our manufacturing facility. So uh, there's a few of us on the product development team, myself included, that we always have our radar on to what we're hearing out there. Some of us fish competitively and hardcore, like like those of the folks that we're talking to out there in the field. So those ideas come from, uh, uh, a lot of them are market-driven, uh, but what we have, and the, the important key here is the verticality or how much control we have in the manufacturing process, Chad, is, is paramount in our success. If we take an idea to our engineers, the fact it's developed, designed, and uh, uh, engineered in the USA, think about that. Think about the lead time that reduces, the communication between the field and the engineers. That's such a huge key. Uh, but it all starts with, uh, with the angler. 
Well, I, I think so. And, and it's funny you say that because here's the one thing I know from visiting the St. Croix Rod Factory is a lot of the people that work in there are anglers themselves. Uh, Jason Bruner will throw some love his way. I've known him for a long time. Uh, great big guy. Uh, loves to fish. I spent a week fishing with him on Lake Powell 10 years ago, and the guy is addicted to fishing. So I think it's a natural progression from his standpoint. He knows what he's looking for. He's not just an engineer. He's an engineer with a love of fishing. So when he starts engineering a blank, he has a pretty good feel for, for what that is going to need to feel like. Uh, another guy that jumped out at me when I visited the factory, and I, and, and forgive me, Dan, because I've forgotten his name. Perhaps you know it. But the guy that sands all the rod blanks. Uh, first thing, when I walked up, I was introduced to him. I was just touring the factory. And you guys are open to tours uh, for people. Uh, he, he right away ripped out his phone and showed me a picture of a giant muskie. <laughs> and that's a good sign. He also was able to spot that he was missing a couple thousandths of thickness on a rod and, uh, and took care of that. A lot of employees there are very long term. Yeah, you're speaking of Charlie, and what a critical step in the manufacturing process. You miss that one, you damage the integrity of the blank. Uh, you can you cannot sand it enough, or you can certainly sand it too much. And he is the best out there. Matter of fact, we have a, a meet the machinery campaign. Machinery meaning, meaning our people, really through all facets of the manufacturing process, including our winders. You know, they're just they're the they're they're the best. And if if you see these people up there, one thing about northern Wisconsin, they roll up their sleeves, they work hard, they have a lot of pride in what they do and they're really, really good at it. And boy, it's a it's a direct connection to the consumer. St. Croix is a very what I would say this to the listener, if you're planning on buying a St. Croix fishing rod, rest assured there's thirty two hands that have touched this thing that care a lot about what you're gonna end up with. Well, and I would venture a guess that a high percentage of those hands know how to fish, uh, and that helps as well. You mentioned the rod winders. We had uh, we have a, a mutual friend in, in Ryan Wood, who's a, was the 2016 national champion, been with St. Croix for a long time. He was a national high school champion. Uh, you guys produced some custom-wrapped rods for him in his college school colors. Uh, you have the ability to do that. You have thread from rods from years ago. If someone's damaged a rod that's been out of production for years, there's the thread winders. They're still there. Um, the engineer are right next door to the to the blank making guys and they're right down this you know across the hall from the rod winding guys so it's a really everybody's in one room there's a tremendous amount of history there with it um it's a feel that you just don't get with most manufacturing companies chad i appreciate your insight there's a lot of very accurate information in there and it is a it is a uh um, really a, uh, a lot of moving parts that are all working towards a common goal and one no more important than the other. And we absolutely see it that way. What motivates me more than anything else is as much as I'm in front of social media right now is the people up there at the factory working so hard to allow us to do our job. I mean, it's everybody working together um, towards a common goal and they all love to fish. They're all avid outdoors. I mean, you have to be up there. It's like living in in the Arctic, you yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you got man, you got mosquitoes that'll pick you up and carry you away, and a muskie in every every quarter mile, and it's it's a gorgeous place. But they're they're hardworking people, and again, it's a, it's a direct result of the product for sure. Well, speaking of product, let's touch on that quick. We got a couple minutes left. Um, you want to cut so won three awards at ICAST. One of them that jumped out at me was the best freshwater rod. That's the the uh, Saint Croix Legend Glass uh, spinning rod, a seven foot two medium power, moderate action. It's a rod that I was truthfully a little skeptical going in. I was afraid it was not going to have enough backbone to it. We threw it down there in Florida. Fantastic rod. Tell us about that quickly. 
Yeah, it's the first ever linear S glass, meaning fibers running from butt to tip um, linearly, uh, ever rolled on St. Croix's proprietary IPC mandrel. And what it did, there's a lot of design and a lot of thought that went into that rod. And what it does, it throws light to small to mid-sized uh, crankbaits, but more, more specifically those slim profile ones that are notorious for tumbling. We've always had to throw them out, long line them, and drag them and troll them. And these things throw those, not only that, but they'll... Uh, it, the rod protects light line because of its softer deflection, and it, you can land a fish on six to eight pound fluoro at the boat when they make a run. It's not going to pop it. It's an it's an awesome rod. And again, we 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 had a, a need and a desire identified at the market level, and we were a conduit to take that through our product development team, through the manufacturing process, to give the angler the advantage in the water. It's that simple. Legend Glass is the result of us being angler centric. Well, I can tell you from fishing legend glass and the casting rods for the last couple of years, year and a half, uh, they're great. I fished one a bunch yesterday. They're extremely lightweight. By fiberglass standards, they're incredibly lightweight. Uh, very responsive rods, really a, a, just a sheer joy to fish. I'm looking forward to fishing that one. And I can tell you as a fishing guide here in Colorado, we have a small percentage of anglers that throw casting gear. And uh, and this opens them up to a rod designed to throw a crankbait, uh, but on a spinning rod. And, you know, we, we do a lot of flicker shads and flicker minnows around here, and it's an ideal rod for that. So, so Dan, and I appreciate it a bunch. Another one folks should look up uh, is that's Mojo Yak. People should go on uh, Synchroy Rods and look at that. Uh, Mojo Yak designed for the exploding kayak fishing market right here. Another another uh, rod that was real popular down there at, uh, at ICAST Show. So, Dan, I'm going to let you get. I appreciate you taking time at a, out of your day to call us on a Saturday morning. And uh, and I especially appreciate everything you do to make sure that we have the best rods we can get in our hands. And uh, and, and you've continued to do that for all the years I've known you, and I appreciate that. Well, Chad, thank you so much for having us on. Again, this is all about we. It's all about a great big team, and we're a family. We appreciate giving us visibility here, buddy. You bet. And, guys, that's Dan Johns from St. Croix Rods. Check him out, stcroyrods.com. And with that, we're going to step aside and take a break. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on FM 104.3 The Fan.